Namaste everyone welcome to another edition of the Paratvarta weekly uh, i'm joined by my friends uh, shrivatsa subarna and ashish chandorkar as always hi ashish hi whatsa how's it going pretty good hi kari sunday morning did you get your uh, cups of coffee poha chitrana all of that <laughs> yeah just coffee yeah but missing missing cricket right now so <laughs> great sacrifices uh, that we have to do to bring the news and events uh, of the of the past week to our audience well it was a pretty somber week i would say uh, last week uh, so we have a round up of four or five things that uh, we thought was interesting to discuss uh, uh, before that uh, let's talk about uh, the episodes that we put out uh, just give me a second yeah let's talk about the episodes that we put out last week a um, couple of really interesting episodes uh, the first one um, was um, you know a deep dive on agriculture with uh, perhaps uh, someone who has the best perspective on this uh, subject most fascinating perspective on the subject uh, mr shivkumar surampuri you know he's operated in this whole agri business for about 3 or 4 decades um, and is considered a stalwart in uh, the indian industry as such uh ashish any specific things that uh, you thought interesting uh, in this uh, podcast so i quite enjoyed listening to this one um so mr shivakumar is also the architect for ejopal which was perhaps the first large uh technology led intervention in indian agriculture and and bulk sourcing of uh, farm produce and his experience uh, has been actually taught in these schools has been written about and uh, etc very extensively so uh he has also been uh, talking about these reforms which have recently been announced for a long time uh, and as such uh, the insights which he gave were were really uh, very useful and very pragmatic and uh, the what struck me was that he said that uh, technology startups or uh, agri tech as we say will be mm-hmm. the play uh, going forward and a lot more not more indian companies will get a chance to really make it big in that space which uh, no one really has thought about today right like uh, in in terms of a b2b technology intervention so so pretty interesting and uh, yeah. i would actually recommend everyone to listen to that podcast yeah and then we had uh, whatsa hosting uh, karan and nirav uh, uh, on this again a very nice podcast on banking regulation uh, whatsa anything that stood out uh, specifically yeah so uh... this was you know very interesting discussion that we had where we covered the recommendations of the RBI committee on banking regulation uh, we also spoke about uh, you know the structure of banks uh, should corporates be allowed so overall uh, i think uh, you know one thing is for certain that banking like other industries ashish just mentioned agriculture but banking is going to go through a similar churn uh, in this coming decade and uh, because banking is so heavily regulated as an industry as it should be uh, the role of the regulator in dealing with these uh, new technology uh, innovations and disruptions becomes very critical uh, plus you know banking as an industry is built on data right it's just numbers and money so uh it's going to be disrupted heavily by technology uh 
and by some of these new ideas you know whether it's uh, p2p lending crypto and regulation has to keep up with all these changes while at the same time making sure that you know the interests of the uh, common man the depositors are protected so uh, we spoke about all of this and overall i think uh, it it it's a very significant stage the industry is at inflection point in india so some of these recommendations become very important because what we decide in the you know next year or two could pretty much shape not just the banking industry but have a significant impact on the overall economy of india so that way i think we discussed all of this and it was a it was a good discussion to have okay fantastic uh, moving on to the first uh, item of news uh, so thursday last week marked the 12th anniversary of 2611 wow it seems like a long time away uh, on this day in 2008 terrorists attacked 12 locations in mumbai Uh, the death toll uh, at the end of the attack stood at 174 casualties and 300 wounded further investigations revealed that the attack was propagated by pakistan uh, the pakistani intelligence agency funded recon missions of the targets in mumbai uh, and also helped train these terrorists uh, for this uh, grisly mission ashish uh, many people don't actually re- realize you know how bad it was during the 2009 2011 sort of an era where you know if not uh, um attacks of this sort of magnitude but um, small terrorist attacks were a sort of a weekly or a monthly occurrence right um yeah you want to talk about uh, that era as such yeah uh, to don the, the mumbai attack were one of the uh i mean perhaps perhaps the biggest uh, uh blot on the security apparatus of the country uh even more so than the parliament attack uh, which happened uh, a few years earlier in 2001 uh for 2008 if you see the us intelligence had warned india about such attacks possibility of such attacks in fact there was very specific intelligence about the hotel itself about the taj hotel itself the uh, security was of course increased on uh, for for the hotel but then there was no coordinated response from the indian side and uh, even like a week before the actual attack uh, the indian intelligence agencies had shared possibility of a sea born attack happening in mumbai so as such uh, the fact that despite that and just 3 or 4 days later when the terrorists left karachi on 21st of uh, november uh, we couldn't do anything about it despite having very very specific inputs um, and if you if you kind of uh, see the timeline of that of of that week uh, they they traveled between 21st of november till uh, 26th of november five days they were on the sea they were actually waiting uh, a few nautical miles away from the mumbai coast but uh, and of course the fact that they actually uh, hijacked one of the indian vessels kuber uh, which they used to travel to mumbai uh, none of this was intercepted right and uh, there, were, there were five days uh, that 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 were available and even later uh, like the the terrorists when they landed in mumbai around 8:30 pm that that night uh, they still had a couple of hours before they went to all different locations so uh, we we couldn't respond at all and it was it just kind of completely exposed the lack of coordination between the agencies in india and that is uh, quite grisly because if you look at that year uh, in 2008 uh, we've already had a whole bunch of attacks already in that year i mean there was an attack in rampur in uh, on the on the very first day of the year in 2008 uh, there were bombings in jaipur and bangalore uh, in, uh, in 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 uh, in in the summer months 
uh, also in Ahmedabad uh, soon after Bangalore. So you know, like I think Ahmedabad and Bangalore were spaced out by like a day, I think. Uh, and uh, then there were uh, two incidents in Delhi in September. Uh, there was one of them was quite big, but there were five bombs which went off and killed uh, more than thirty people. Uh, then, then uh, in uh, then there was a, a planned attack in uh, uh, in 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 uh, in Agartala uh, in October. Uh, all, and so 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 there were a whole chain of events which were which was already setting off that year. And despite those all of those attacks, uh, we couldn't really uh, get our act together, which was quite uh, shameful. But also, kind of, uh, uh, if if really go back to the timeline, the attacks happened on 26th night, but they did not end until the morning of 29th uh, completely. And uh, uh, we, act, I mean, the NSG had to be called. We all know how they traveled in best buses, etc. Uh, and the fact that two of the NSG uh, officers lost their life. Uh, 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 I mean, the the uh, these are very, uh, especially, I mean, highly trained. Uh, individuals and and that day uh, actually uh, we we, had, we lost two men because of 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 these attacks was again quite shocking in that sense uh, i mean uh, major sandeep uh, oni krishnan who lost his life in the taj uh, taj hotels uh, and uh, the nsg havaldar commando uh, gajinder singh wished who lost his life in the shabad house uh, raid uh, so all in all a pretty uh, uh, shameful day for for india and the fact that uh the culprits really haven't uh, been been taken to task i mean of course uh, due to the bravery of the assistant uh, sub inspector tukaram omle we got our hands on uh, one of the culprits uh, uh, ajmal kasab who's buried not very far away from my home in pune in in the yarwada jail um, and um, uh, had had we not caught him alive that would have been a very different political turn to the events for for this decade so uh, i i just hope that we learn lessons in terms of security apparatus being strengthened intelligence being shared and of course like uh, the 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 fact that i mean the proof of the pudding is that these attacks don't reoccur right like yeah. uh, as it happens in the matters of security uh, when something doesn't happen that that's success so we would not really know about what the conspiracies are and what 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 else, what is going on currently but let's mm-hmm. just hope that it stays like that uh, and in case uh, such situations arise in future we respond much 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 better yeah uh, i'll just add on to that uh, i think ashish has covered you know the major points uh, one of the good things that came out uh, you know that happened after the attack was you know the role of navy and coast guard in terms of security was clearly segregated uh, if you recall even the 93 bomb blast that took place in mumbai all the material came through the sea so that's that's an area you know that has been that's a route that has been used earlier as well uh, to to attack mumbai and uh, unfortunately uh, not a lot change between 93 and 2008 in terms of the uh, way you know our uh, territorial waters were being monitored uh, the other thing that ashish mentioned around you know having people having to travel on uh, security forces having to travel on buses and so on it's good that we are investing in some you know mass transit systems like metro and so on so that uh, the responders can reach uh, far more quickly uh, in case of such a situation uh, overall uh, it's about sharing you know intelligence as ashish said but also uh, quickening decision making and making sure that attacks if they happen are contained to a small area 
instead of you know letting them spread over you know pretty much uh, across south mumbai uh, as it happened in 2008 right and i would encourage uh, anyone who is interested to understand the intelligence failings to read uh, rvs money's uh, book uh, the myth on hindu th- myth on uh, hindu terror where he details all of these things i mean it's it's it it'll definitely uh, jar you uh, the amount of uh, details in it right so uh, all right moving on cyclone nivar uh, made landfall in uh, tamil nadu at least four people were killed uh, the cyclone uh, wrecked havoc in 18 districts of tamil nadu causing widespread damage over 2000 trees were uprooted along with uh, about 100 transformers 2900 electric poles wind speeds reached uh, in excess of 120 to 130 kilometers per hour wow um the chief minister k palaniswami announced a 10 lakh each to the family of the victims he also offered compensation to cattle owners whose animals had dry- died in the storm what's up do you think we handled this uh, better this time yeah i think if you compare to see the thing is no two cyclones or natural disasters are going to be the same uh so there is obviously some amount of luck involved in terms of you know uh especially in coastal regions when it comes to rain and all whether there is a high tide you know how quickly the water can drain and so on but in terms of preparation i think uh the tamil nadu government seems to have learned its lessons uh because they handled this uh, much better we hardly saw any loss of life uh you know there were three people who died uh, i think which increased to four but most of it was you know accidents related to walls collapsing after the cyclone or you know a tree falling and uh, warnings are given to people to not venture out even after the cyclone is over because the wind speeds are still high so there is always a risk of such accidents happening uh, what the government did well was uh, to identify you know which are the vulnerable areas so they did some decent amount of mapping for each district that would be affected and they deployed teams at a at a taluka level the other good thing they did was they stopped you know all modes of transport during that time uh, much before you know the the disaster the cyclone hit and uh, the, the, there was good coordination i guess between the center and the state uh, and they moved more than 2 lakh people into uh, shelters now one thing in india is that people who live in low lying areas they are you know very reluctant to move to a shelter before the actual you know storm hits they have cattle and they are worried about the safety because you know it's their only source of livelihood so what happens you know once the cyclone is over they worried about those things and we've not historically been very good at you know protecting the property of a common man per se so uh, overall by getting people into shelters early stopping transport and then releasing water uh, you know from the lake in chennai uh, unlike in 2015 where they delayed it quite a bit because of which there was excessive flooding they did it in stages this time uh, they were also lucky i guess that you know the the uh, storm the cyclone was not as severe as predicted but they were they were much better prepared this time so it it does seem like you know the the uh, eps government has done a done a good job in containing this cyclone right okay uh moving on from this uh 
the next uh, piece of news was uh, that buying by foreign institutional uh, investors crossed 50000 crores in november this is the first time that the inflows have crossed the 50000 crore mark in a month um, the nifty responded by crossing over 13000 levels and made record highs on tuesday last week with the sensex also reaching a new all time uh, new lifetime high uh, experts have mentioned that the influx of funds could be because of trillions of dollars worth stimulus uh, from gold uh, from global uh, central banks sectors like it pharma metal and cements have also seen uh, uh, similar development over the past few uh, months ashish some positive news coming in yeah the news on economy has actually been uh, generally positive uh, we have discussed this on couple of weeklies before and also some of our regular epi- uh, the podcast episodes uh, the fact is that um, th- this month marked uh the highest ever inflow uh in a single month uh in fact the uh, november end number actually monday is a, a, a holiday a bank holiday so i think we are done for the month now but the actual number would be close to 65000 crores uh, this month wow. and uh, the yearly number would be in excess of 110 lakh crores so uh, the the november number itself was higher than what india used to get as fi inflows in many years in the, in the past as such so what we've done uh, in in full years this time we've achieved in a month so uh, clearly a lot of optimism about the indian turnaround with all the vaccine news uh, positive vaccine news flowing in uh, that would of course continue to improve the sentiment in fact uh, both us and uk have indicated that they may start vaccination at least for the health workers as early as the week after next right uh, india should follow su- suit after pm modi's three city visit yesterday he went to ahmedabad to visit the cadilla facilities then um, uh, hyderabad for the bharat biotech uh, vaccine and then of course in pune for the serum institute so um, if if all goes well india should also have its own or, or some variant of a vaccine let's say uh, by end of december or early jan hopefully and um, that means that only four weeks five weeks to go before uh, the the um, i mean if if we contain the spread of the virus and if you if you really look at the uh indian data the second wave has not been that bad in india mm. there have been some instances like some states have done badly but in general the post diwali post chhat puja uh you know rush has not been uh, as bad as what we have seen in the western countries where the second wave has taken a much higher toll in in, in europe in italy spain germany france uk um and of course in the us where the numbers have just shot through the roof so uh, as such uh, india seems quite well positioned as of now fingers crossed uh, but uh, we also don't want a situation where uh, uh, things go out of control uh, but so the next 4 5 weeks are crucial before the vaccine hits the market and that uh, reflects in the uh, in, in the sentiment where the stocks of it pharma metals uh, banking sector and uh, nbfcs are uh, have been have been gaining also the core industries like cement steel should catch up from here on given that the government yeah. stimulus will start reflecting uh, in uh, i mean in, in in results in terms of more road construction railways housing programs etc so all of that should start reflecting and let's not forget that our budget is just 2 months away uh, actually uh, so we we should have the budget presented uh, around 1st of feb so uh, uh, we we may actually have a full new series of announcements coming in i mean not between now and the budget but in 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 2 months time so as such uh, all ducks in a row now uh, for india and uh, some of this momentum should hopefully continue all right fantastic so moving on uh, the ministry of home affairs uh, released a new set of guidelines for covid-19 
these guidelines are for surveillance containment and caution to mitigate the spread of the the coronavirus uh, states cannot seal borders but are permitted to impose local restrictions like night curfews uh, the mha has relaxed activities such as uh, international air travel occupation of cinema halls theaters exhibition halls and religious gatherings we have seen this kind of slow relaxation of covid-19 norms as the severity of the infection reduces uh, as ashish was just mentioning uh what are some important takeaways from this sir what's up so uh, i think the there are two or three main takeaways the first is that uh, we are at a stage where you know the covid situation has kind of stabilized it's not gotten worse as ashish mentioned uh, with even with you know all the festive season and gatherings happening uh so th- i think the the key word here is consolidation so g- the central government wants to make sure that you know state governments uh, states don't squander the gains that have accrued till now uh, in terms of you know reducing infection and falling cases uh, the fall in active cases you know it was some 10 lakhs in september and now we are at around 4 and a half lakhs so that's a that's a that's a fairly substantial fall uh, which is why uh, you know the government continues to encourage uh, restrictions in terms of making sure that you know more people can work from home uh, and in case uh, having people you know sort of work in shifts so that there is less chance of uh, spread uh, in addition they want states to make sure that you know controls such as masks are strictly enforced uh, we've seen an improvement in behavior in terms of people wearing masks and that has definitely contributed uh to to reducing the number of cases uh also while on one side these controls exist to also make sure that economic activity does not suffer outside the containment zones uh that's where you know some of the things you mentioned around cinema halls and theaters operating at 50% activities exhibition halls and so on right uh so that that's a step in the forward direction the the key thing for me was uh you know asking states to consult with the central government before imposing lockdown uh far too often in the last 6 7 months what we have seen is uh, you know this behavior by state governments where they've gone ahead and imposed lockdowns uh you know because of a spread uh this has you know hurt economic activity so we've we've spoken about you know the moral hazard of having a lockdown uh, because you know the states know compensated for any gst shortfall uh, which in turn you know lets them think that you know the easiest way to control the spread uh, instead of imposing all these uh, controls and making sure people follow them is to have a lockdown because anyway any shortfall in revenue is going to be made up by the central government yeah. uh this this is a signal to the states that they cannot you know go go on with this kind of a behavior uh so to me to me that's a that's a key thing the other key thing was uh you know the uh, mhs saying clearly that no border should be sealed and there should be no restriction on interstate movement we've seen a lot of politics you know being played on this uh, very recently uh, you know some states have started saying that people who come from so and so state they should have you know a negative covid certificate and so on uh, 
uh while earlier you know those states had the highest number of cases and probably some of them still continue to have the highest number of active cases uh so it's it's a good thing that the government has clearly said that there should be no restriction on you know movement of either people or goods in this situation uh overall as you mentioned it's it's a gradual movement towards normalcy and you know as ashish mentioned once the vaccine comes in i think things will improve much faster right um we have a question on live uh, ashish you want to take this uh, so siddharth singh has asked uh, what about india's economic growth after the vaccine uh, i think we can do a whole podcast on that but maybe like a quick summary yeah absolutely i would also recommend listening to two podcasts which have already happened on this topic um uh, you can search in the list of the videos but the q2 growth numbers were just announced uh, recently uh much better than expected at minus 7.5% of course it still puts india in a technical recession uh, two quarters of negative growth but i think the markets are forward looking and the outlook seems quite positive at this stage and uh, in my view um, if there are no certain if there are no lockdowns uh, the q3 growth growth should be close to zero or even in positive territory from here on and q4 should definitely be positive so i mean of course we will end the year on a negative note this year but it, it also sets the base for a pretty good next year uh, in in that sense so quite optimistic uh, from here on uh, in terms of how the uh, economic indicators have stacked up all right um, so moving on we have a couple of obituaries uh, so last week diego maradona and ahmed patel uh, passed away so ahmed patel uh, uh, passed away due to complications arising from covid-19 he was uh, as many people know a close uh, political aide to sonia gandhi and the treasurer of the indian national congress he was also hailed as someone who could bring together the old and the new members of uh, the congress uh, you know uh, so right now it seems like you know there might be a fragmentation in the power structure of uh, congress as such uh, ashish i mean we we've uh, discussed this ad nauseum on many different uh, podcasts but uh, what would the impact of ahmed patel's uh, uh, passing away mean to the congress i think it's a pretty big loss for the party um, uh, ahmed patel's soul was that of like a what in sports is called an enforcer someone who protects the team from the attack of the opposition and uh, uh, he uh, like if you read the obituaries which have been written by the uh, journalists in the last uh, like last few days uh, clearly his role was to keep uh, things together he was a real glue behind uh, you know congress uh, formulating its plans and policies uh, and the fact that uh, he could do seemingly difficult things like like cobbling up the government in maharashtra or Uh, preventing sachin pilot from leaving the party so uh, he he uh, his his task was to essentially manage all those situations in fact uh, for those who have seen the movie the accidental prime minister um, that kind of also sheds light on the role he played in the 10 years of the upa government between 2004 and 14 in terms of keeping things together and uh, uh, ensuring that different factions are kept happy so uh, this will be a fa- this is a fairly big loss for 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 the congress the fact that uh, his uh, election to the rajya sabha in 2017 was very acrimonious but it also kind of signaled the let's say the turn around for congress in some ways uh, which lasted for about 15 16 months until they won the states uh, of rajasthan chatisgarh and mp in 2018 state elections uh, so he he was also the person who really gave the party the the fighting spirit uh, in in the last the, the last lot of that or the last wave of that Uh, and as such now that he is not there uh, the 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 management of the media the management of the narrative 
and acting the bridge between the old and the new parts of the party will be a very difficult task so tough times for congress uh, let's see what they come up with as a as a response right uh, so we mentioned diego maradona uh, he passed away this week uh, due to a heart attack um, he was widely regarded as one of the best football players in the world he played for argentina between 1977 to 1994 winning the world cup uh, in 1986 uh, what's up your favorite player of all time uh probably yes as a footballer uh, is definitely you know right up there uh it's 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 a it's a sad day i think for football uh you know the the thing with maradona is uh, i think he divided opinion like nobody else in the world of football uh, there are people who think of him as a cheat and there are people who just revere him as god uh maradona uh, you know as a player he was uh, he played pretty much like a kid would play football even at the highest level he was you know that good that he could you know go past players something that you don't see very often at the highest level yeah. could, even even the goal uh, i mean the goal of the uh, century that he scored against england in the 1986 world cup was was one such goal where he literally went past five or six Phenomenal. players uh and he did that you know minutes uh, after scoring a goal with what is known as the hand of god and and that's that's the uh, you know that's the nature of the person uh, you can you can love him you can hate him but you can't ignore him the the thing with uh, maradona uh, you know apart from you know winning the world cup both the youth world cup in 79 and the full world cup uh, senior world cup in 86 was a uh, was how he changed naples as a city i think uh, yeah. is he still regarded as a god in naples i mean till the time he came in uh, no no club south of rome had ever won the uh, the the serie a uh, he changed that in in six or seven seasons they won the scudetto thrice they won the coppa italia and he took them to the uefa cup uh, and in the 90 world cup where uh, you know uh, argentina famously beat italy in naples uh, it it was the most i think muted home crowd you could ever see in any sport you know bunch of italians were not sure whether to cheer for their home team or support the legend from their city maradona uh, so i mean he he actually played that pretty well just before that game he said uh, you know for 364 days they tell you you are not italians and on this one day they are asking you to support the national team uh so there was there was always that he he would do anything to gain that little edge when it came to winning uh of course after 90 was when his you know professional career went downhill he got you know suspended uh, you know with uh, for cocaine use he came back a lot fitter in the 94 world cup uh but again he got banned uh you know for a for a banned substance so uh after which he retired the the other interesting thing about maradona is that even though he scored that hand of god goal against england he was still loved by the english footballers so if you look at twitter gary lineker has you know remembered diego maradona very fondly even though he was on the opposing side of that uh, hand of god goal uh and you know in 2008 when maradona was the coach of the argentine team and he had come over to england to have a look at some of his players you found that the english players at both you know clubs like manchester united and liverpool 
where the Argentinian players were, you know, people like Tevez, Mascherano, and so on, they were literally queuing up to get autographs from him, take pictures from him. And these were players who would have been, you know, six, seven, eight years ago when the hand of God goal happened, but doesn't really matter. So he kind of transcended some of those boundaries and they still loved him. Uh, yeah, I mean, so he he'll, he was a flawed genius and he will be remembered as a flawed genius. And he would definitely be loved uh, all other, over the uh, world. Uh, I think meanwhile here, Bengal and Kerala have to figure out, you know, to which state he actually belongs. Uh, I think they're still fighting over that on Twitter. <laughs> fantastic. Uh, fantastic obituary. Uh, all right, so that's a good note to end the weekly on. Um, so thank you so much uh, for choosing to skip the news and watch the weekly instead. Ashish, what's our any final thoughts? Uh, look forward to the cricket match now. <laughs> yeah. All right, Hopefully that's my cue to end the. Again, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's my cue to end the weekly. All right, thank you so much, everyone, and uh, you know more content, more very interesting com- uh, content uh, coming up this week. Uh, stay tuned. Bye.